Well, good morning and welcome to worship on this May the 3rd, 2020. God bless you. We are so delighted to have you come in and worship the Lord with us today here at Great Hills Baptist Church. My name is Danny Forshee, uh, the lead pastor here at Great Hills, also the president of the Danny Forshee Evangelistic Association. And again, we welcome you uh, to our service uh, today. Hope you're doing okay. Lots is going on, lots happening in our world, in the great state of Texas, as our governor and lieutenant governor have made some comments and given us some guidelines about how we can uh, open up our, our churches and meet together again. And we're real, real excited about doing that. So here are our plans. Um, this is what we're looking at doing. So May the 17th, which is two weeks from today, uh, we're really going to try to have a drive-in worship service. That's right. Two weeks from today, May the 17th, here on our campus 9 a.m., 11 a.m., <laughs> pray for us that all the logistics, everything comes together. Of course, we'll be communicating with you and giving you more detail, but that's what we're looking at, a drive-in worship service here on May the 17th. Now, June the 7th is definite. We're definitely going to open up June the 7th and have our uh, first worship service post-pandemic. And so we are going to be working hard on uh, sanitation and making sure everybody has a, a mask. And so we are, we're gonna be working really hard between now and June the 7th. So uh, be ready to come, be ready for social distancing, be ready for all the changes. But hey, thank you for your patience. God bless you. Great Hills, you're amazing. I'm just so honored to serve as your pastor. Just, you know, you've been so patient, you've been so kind, and you continue to give. Praise God for the tithes and the offerings that you give to enable us to uh, reach our city, our state, our nation, and even over uh, across the world. So thank you again. And today we're going to continue on in our uh, series of messages, uh, What's After ATX. So if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. We're going to talk about uh, rewards. That's why I brought three of my friends here before me, before you. We'll talk about these guys a little bit later, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll look at verses 10 through 15 in just a few minutes. But before we do, let me just share with you that we're in a, a series of messages called What's After ATX. We're looking at uh, what the Bible has to say about the afterlife, about heaven, about hell, and how should we live our lives here on this earth in light of eternity. And so one of the most important things that I will say during this whole service is this right here. The decisions that you make in this life determine where you will spend the afterlife. The decisions you make in this life determine where you will spend uh, your eternity. So we're having a good time with a lot of other pastors in the central Texas area as we're studying what the Bible has to say about life and death and afterlife and eternity, heaven and hell. So thank you for joining in with us today. This is the fourth of five messages that I'll be preaching on this subject. And our text again is 1 Corinthians 3. We'll look at it in just a moment. But all of us, all of us, are going to die and we're going to spend an eternity either in heaven uh, or in hell. And all of us are building uh, in this current life, we are, we're building our, uh, our lives, our, our rewards or our lack of rewards uh, in heaven. For those who know God, now, the only way we go to heaven is through the grace of Jesus Christ, right? We are saved by grace through faith in him, his finished work on the cross. 
His resurrection, Jesus Christ died for our sins, arose from the dead. When we believe, when we trust in him, repent of our sins, we are saved, right? It is not through our works, it is through his finished work. That is the gospel. When we receive Christ, we become his children, then we begin to work. We begin to serve God. And there's a coming a day, we'll read in the text in a moment, where we will receive our rewards for faithful service to Christ while we were living uh, in this life. You know, Mark 4, 20, Jesus said this, but these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Oh, I love that. And bear fruit. That's what we're doing. So 30 fold, some 60 and some 100. That's Mark chapter four. That is the parable of the sower or the soils. And I think it's such an amazing text where Jesus is saying, bear fruit as a child of God. And that's what we're doing. Now, there's another text I wanna give to you in this introduction, which is James 2, 17, which says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So what James is saying, same thing Paul says, John, same thing Jesus says, those who know the Lord, Those of us who have received Christ as our savior, we work, (laughs) we gladly work. We serve God and kingdom purposes. Now watch this, not in order that we can go to heaven, but because we are going to heaven. So please don't misunderstand. There is only faith by God's grace that we go to heaven, not of our works. But once we know the Lord, then we work then we serve, then we gladly give our all for the expansion of the kingdom of God and for the betterment of this world uh, in which we live. All right, so I'm excited about it. I got another verse for you before we go to 1 Corinthians uh, 3. It's 2 Corinthians 5.10. All right, check this out. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Wow, all believers are going to appear before the judgment seat. It's called the bema. That's the Greek word there, the judgment seat, the bema seat of Christ. So again, welcome, welcome. As you can tell, I'm pretty excited about this message. I think this message, if you hear it, it will instill so much hope and passion and encouragement in you if you're a follower of Christ. Now, if you're watching us on Facebook, Great. Go ahead and push your share button so that you can let everybody know you're worshiping the Lord at Great Hills here in Austin. And who knows, maybe they'll join in with us in worship. Maybe you're on YouTube, maybe you're on Twitter. Hey, we are thrilled that you are worshiping God with us at Great Hills Baptist Church here in Austin, Texas. We're talking about what's after uh, this life. It's heaven, it's hell, it's the afterlife. Oh, I want as many people as I possibly can influence you to receive the Lord woo-hoo, and be on your way to heaven. And as you're on your way to heaven, to do as absolute, as much good as you possibly can here on this earth. All right, so here we go. First Corinthians chapter three. We're gonna look at verses 10 through 15. All right, hope you have your Bible open ready to study the word of God. Let's do it. Here we go. According to the grace of God. Ooh, that's a great way to begin. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise 
architekton. Isn't that cool? The Greek word there translated master builder is literally the word architekton, which obviously is where we get the English word architect. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one, Paul says, take heed. That's a present active imperative. Let us keep on obeying this command, take heed, (coughs) how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day. That great, awesome day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive, you ready? A reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. What a wonderful passage of scripture as we talk about the afterlife, the judgment seat of Christ for believers, where we receive the rewards of our faithful service to God uh, here on this earth. Come on now. I want you to appear before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to come into his presence having faithfully, faithfully served God from the moment you became a Christian all the way to the time that you die so that you enter, mm, watch this, you enter into the presence of the Lord and you're not empty handed. That you come bearing gifts to God, a lifestyle of faithful, consistent service to Jesus out of your love for him. Now watch this, no, no, no. Not in order that you can go to heaven. We don't work and say, oh, I just gotta do the best I can so that when I die, maybe, maybe, maybe I can go to heaven. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. And so we receive him by faith and then we serve him all our days here on this earth. There are two things I want you to notice with me in this text. We're gonna go through each verse. We're gonna study it. Hope that you're blessed, hope that you're nourished, hope that you're encouraged in your faith today. The first thing I wanna share with you is this. We are all builders. We are Bob the builder. We are Barbara the builder. We are all a building and we are. Some of us are building, those that don't know the Lord, they're building for their retirement and they're building for their nest egg. They're building for their legacy. And but so sad though, is that they will not spend eternity with the Lord in heaven because they built it all about them. However, those of us that know Christ, who've been saved, not only do we ameliorate and make better this life in which we live, but praise God, we do good deeds, good works. And when we go to heaven, we receive the rewards and the blessings of heaven. So we are all builders. Verse 10, Paul begins by saying, according to the grace of God. I love that. It is by God's grace that we enter the Christian life and it is by God's sustaining, abiding grace that we live the Christian life. We can only do it by the grace of God, the empowering favor of God. And so Paul says, according to the grace of God that was given to me as a wise builder. Now, again, the Greek word there is architecton. It's where we get the English word architect. And it reminds me of another verse in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, where Paul says, 
For it is by grace we've been saved through faith, not that of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Saved by God's grace through faith, not of our works. But verse 10 says, we are his workmanship. And the Greek word there is poeme. We are God's poem. We are, we are the people of God created by God for good works, which God ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 10. I think that's an amazing verse that talks about salvation by grace through faith. And once we are saved, we begin to work. We begin to serve God and we all are a building. I love this verb here. It says, take heed, present active imperative. Let us continue to take heed. Let, let us be careful how we construct, how we build. And that's the word there. And the, the Greek word build in verse uh, 10, two times, it's translated as build or builds. And it's the, the root word is oikos. You may have heard that word. Oikos is the Greek word for house. And he says, let us be careful how we build. Now that's the part that jumped out at me. I, I tell you, I get excited sometimes over the smallest things. That one little word, how, in verse 10, how he builds on it. We are building, right? We're building a life. We are building, many of you building a family and a good godly legacy. Some of you are building your career. Some of you are building your retirement and that is all good. But the best thing that we can possibly build is upon the foundation of Jesus Christ for good works that will impact people, mm -mm, impact people now and impact them for eternity. Let's be careful how we build, how we live our lives here on this earth, living in the light of eternity, knowing that the decisions we make here on this earth directly impact our lives for all eternity. Now in verse 11, he says the foundation. Now I love this. No other foundation can anybody lay than that which is laid and that is Jesus Christ. And Paul is telling us that the foundation of our faith is Christ. Okay. He is the chief cornerstone. He is the, the key element of the edifice. He is the living stone and we are little stones in his house, in his spiritual house. And I'm really referencing 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. This is a bold statement that Paul is making. He says there's no other foundation upon which we can build our lives that will last for all eternity. What foundation are you building on? Are you building on you and your life? And you're building specifically on just what you can get out of this life? Or do you have heaven in mind? Are you living a life now that makes a difference for eternity? Oh, I pray that you are. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm it. The way, the truth, and the life, no, wind, no man comes to the Father but by me. If, uh, Acts 4, 12 basically says the same thing. No other name given among heaven, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, let me read this passage to you. It's Matthew chapter 7. 24 through 27. Now, this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, most famous sermon ever preached. He's closing his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, with these words. <laughs> Are you ready? Here we go. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended, the floods came, 
and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. Building on the solid foundation of Jesus, obeying his words. However, verse 25 says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. It can't get any more clear than that. We are all building. We're building on a foundation. If you know Christ, you're building on the sure, steady, rock solid foundation of Christ. His finished work on the cross, his resurrection, the Holy Spirit living within us. And we're living a life of meaning and purpose here that's going to impact our eternity. If you don't know the Lord, then you're building on shifting sand. You're building on a weak uh, foundation. And so remember, all of us, we are building. Number two, what we have built will be tested. Yeah, there's coming an inspection. (laughs) You say, well, who's going to inspect my good deeds or lack of good deeds as a Christian when I die? That would be Jesus, okay? Can you imagine appearing before the Lord and all we have is say, well, we got saved and but we never really did much for the Lord after that. No, see, I'm trying to help prepare you to come into his presence, you know, full of good deeds, good works. Um, more about that in just a moment. Get a little ahead of myself. All right, verse 12. Look at verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, and Paul tells us the elements with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. So let me just take a moment and share with you. I came across this really good uh, explanation of what Paul is talking about in verse 12 about the various ingredients that he's talking about. And of course, these are, these are human elements and things that we, we understand and we can relate to. But, but you got to understand he's, he's talking about spiritual things too, good, good works that could be analogous to, of course, gold, silver, and precious stones. We know that would be. Uh, good deeds that are going to stand the, the test of time and all eternity. But here's what one writer, D.K. Lowry, he says, the gold, silver, costly stones could refer to enduring quality of the builder's work and the wood and the hay and the straw suggest temporary and it is valueless. Another possible interpretation, Dr. Lowry says, is expensive materials suggest sound doctrine, whereas the other builder, uh, the other elements would represent uh, valueless materials and false doctrines. And then he goes on to say, uh, the first three materials refer to the worker's worthy motives, whereas the remaining three materials would refer to unworthy motives. And then the last one, this is interesting. The gold, silver, costly stones refer to believers who constitute the true church, whereas the hay and the stubble and the straw refer to unbelievers, not part of the true church. So this is some helpful, hopefully helpful commentary on this one verse in verse 12. Now, verse 13 says, each one's work will become clear. It will become plain. It will become evident. Each person's work. Look, I can't add to your work. You can't add to my work. We are all responsible before God how we build on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. And as we do good deeds with pure motives, 
It is like we are building with costly stones. But if we are supposedly building for the Lord's kingdom, but we're doing it with impure motives and our heart's not in it and it's not right, that will not stand the test of time. So each person is built. Now, I thought about, you know, let me give you an an analogy, a house. If you build a house today, let's say in the great state of Texas, and you use great materials, you use a wonderful builder with a great reputation, full of integrity, and you build on a solid foundation. When the Texas heat comes, and baby, it comes. I'm telling you, it's about to get hot in Texas. And when that heat bears down on that frame, on that structure, on that house, if it's built well, you don't have to worry about the foundation. You don't have to worry about the cracks and you don't have to worry about the termites getting in because why? It's built on a solid foundation. If not, then the Texas heat will reveal the quality of the house. Let me give you another example. Our work, our jobs. If we work hard, give our best, there's a good possibility that we get promotions or we get rewards, we get bonuses. That's great. But if we don't, there's a good possibility that we will not get rewards. We will not get bonuses. We might even get terminations. So what's true in the physical realm is illustrative of what is true in the spiritual realm. Let each one of us build, use these gifts God has given us for kingdom purposes so that we bless people in this life. And then when we die, we go into the presence of God, hands full, offering all of our lives, all of our service, laying it at the feet of Jesus. The day, now people say, what does that mean? Uh, The day will declare it, capital, capital D. That day is after the rapture of the church when Jesus Christ We appear before him at the Bema, at the judgment seat. Now, not to appear for salvation, that's been determined. That that Bema judgment is strictly for believers for rewards or lack thereof. Now, Revelation chapter 20, if you find yourself at the great white throne judgment, that is not good. You do not want to be there. Because that is the judgment of the unbelievers. Remember when Jesus opens the books, your name is not in the book, you go to hell. You don't want to go there. What you want to do is receive Christ today. Walk with him, serve him, love him. Let him be your master, your Lord, and your savior so that when you die, you go and spend eternity with him. That day, this Bema judgment day will reveal the quality, the kind of works or the kind of lifestyle that we live. He said it'll be tested by fire. Gold, silver, precious metals, they endure the heat, don't they? but the hay and the wood and the straw, it's consumed. I believe a lot of the times we think we're doing something really good, but our heart's not in it or our motives aren't really pure. It's not gonna last. That's the thing that really jumped out at me at the video you watched before the message today with Mr. Howard, how he talked about, you know, the big things he did. He thought, well, surely, man, come on. I'm going to be rewarded for that. That's big stuff. And Jesus is like, no, not really, not interested in that. But here, when you did this small deed, this kind deed, that you might have not thought much about it, then that got Jesus' attention. So at that day, it's all going to be exposed. It's all going to be revealed. Verse 14 says, if our works endure the test, we will receive a reward. Now, what is the reward? 
<laughs> you ever thought about that? I think about that because rewards are motivation. They are for me in this life. So I brought some of my friends. I have a bunch of friends back in my office, but here are my inanimate object friends. And, I, and these are rewards. Let me, let me start with this one right here. This is the Austin Marathon that I ran in 2016. That is a cool looking medal reward. That's 25 years, 25th year celebration of the Austin Marathon. Yay, got my reward. How about this one? Ooh, check this out. Can y'all see this? Yay, that's dopey. That's the dopey challenge that I ran just a couple months ago in January in Disney World. Ran for four days, about to wear my little self out, but got, got the reward, all right? Ooh, let me show you my favorite one. My favorite reward was this one. This is from the Ironman Texas in 2019, April. And this is the swim, the bike, the run. This one almost uh, took Pastor Danny out, but he lived to tell about it. Just kidding, it was awesome. And so, I, I, by the way, let me, let me just tell you something about these, these little guys. In all of the races I've ever run, I never won. I never won. I never came in first place overall. I didn't even come in first place in my own, the old geezers division. You know? And by the way, some of these older guys are really fast. They're a whole lot faster than I am. They can swim a lot faster than me. They can run a lot faster than me. They can bike a lot faster than me. But I don't, it don't matter. Come on now. I did the best that I could do, received the rewards, and I'm blessed forever from having done it. Each person works. We're all building. All of our good works or lack thereof, they're going to be tested by fire. What is the reward? You say, what is it that I'm, oh, maybe it could just be well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus says, you did a good job. You used the gifts that I gave you and you did amazing things. Way to go. Hey, that's enough for me. That's reward enough for me. Or just being in Jesus' presence. Hallelujah. That's all. That's all I need. Or maybe it's some other tangible reward. I don't know. Maybe that's where casting crowns talks about. They take the crowns, the rewards that God gives them because of faithful service and they just lay them at the feet of Jesus. I don't know what the reward is. I just know I'm thrilled that I'm gonna get it. Jesus has saved me. I've given my life in service to him. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. That is not a day that I'm worried about. That is not a day that I'm fearful over. No, no. This text, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe it is written for the believer for motivation, for motivation. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Now watch this. Then each one's praise will come from God. That just might be the reward itself. Verse 15 says, the work is burned or shown to be, not be of pure quality. The suffer the loss or the reward, but the person still goes to heaven. Listen to this. The thief on the cross will enjoy the same eternity of heaven that you do, that I do. You said, well, what about that? I mean, he didn't, have any, he didn't have any good deeds. He just got saved on the cross and he goes to heaven. He gets the same heaven as me that I accepted Christ maybe at an early age and I lived my life with the Lord. Yeah, 
That's called grace, friend. That's called the grace of God. Now, true, the thief on the cross is not gonna have the rewards that you will have as a faithful servant of God for many years or maybe many decades, but he gets the same heaven. I think that's what Paul's talking about here. Even though the rewards are gone or the lack thereof, the person still goes into heaven because of salvation through faith in Christ and Christ alone. There's an interesting verse in Jude 23, which says, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. So some go into God's presence and they come, they meet Christ at the judgment seat. They are on their way to heaven. Nothing can change that, but they don't go with rewards. I wanna go with rewards. I want to live my life What little gifts God has given me, I want to maximize them, accentuate them to the best of my ability because what I've been given, I've been gifts from God to be used for the furtherance of his kingdom. Now, as I wrap this up, I gotta share something very fascinating with you. I've always been intrigued with the story Jesus told and especially the verse, it's Luke chapter 16 and it's verse nine. Look at it at the bottom of your screen. Well, watch these words. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. So Jesus tells the story of this, uh, this employee who gets terminated. He knows he's about to get terminated. So he goes to his employer's Uh, some of his uh, people that he does business with and he works out deals with them, saving them money, making himself, you know, look good in their eyes so that once he gets terminated, he will find favor with some of the uh, business partners, if you will, of his employer. And Jesus commended him for that. He says, that was pretty shrewd. That was pretty wise. And then he makes this statement, use your worldly resources to benefit others So your possessions, when they're gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. That's very fascinating to me, that we can use our worldly goods, our resources, and invest them in kingdom enterprises, and God rewards that. God says, that's the way to go. And I'm grateful to God that that's the way it is. That's why I give my tithes and my offerings to the Lord for his glory and for Great Hills Baptist Church, which nobody is in here right now, but I'm looking forward to the day when people can come back. I give gladly, Ashley and I, we give tithes and then we give our offerings above the tithes because we love Christ and we love this church. We love what God is doing in this church and God takes what we give and he maximizes it for his glory, for the benefit of the body of Christ and These monetary gifts that we give, they go toward reaching the nations with the gospel. Woo! I tell you, I can't wait. It's going to be such an awesome day. I hope I get to see. I hope I get to peer into the moment when you as a follower of Christ, you're a member at Great Hills Baptist Church. You die, you go to heaven, you stand before Christ and you're on your way to heaven and you receive your rewards and you're getting all these rewards and you're going, wow, God, what what in the world did I do to receive all these rewards? And Jesus says, "Remember, remember when you were a member of that church there in Austin, Texas and you gave and you would give your money and you would give your time. Here, watch this, look what I did. I took what little you gave. Look at this, come on now. 
Look at this whole unengaged, unreached people group. Well, they were reached. That's right, your church took the money that you gave, they preached the gospel. Goodness gracious, look at all these people in heaven. Great, it's your reward. And you're like, I had no idea. Praise God, praise God. He takes our gifts, our finances, that's my hard earned money, yeah. What are you gonna do with it? I wanna give. I wanna serve my fellow man. I wanna reach lost people. I wanna honor God. Great is our reward in heaven. Whew. Maybe you're not there. Maybe you'd say, I don't see it quite like that. I, I have a different kind of philosophy on earth because I believe I have a more hedonistic philosophy. Eat, drink, party, be merry. Tomorrow you die, that's it. And you live like that, right? That's pretty conspicuous. It's pretty obvious. But what if you're wrong? And you are wrong, by the way. Eat, drink, and be merry tomorrow I die? No. You go into the presence of God and he judges you. And you appear at the great white throne judgment of God, having rejected Christ. And it's obvious you did because you never served, you never gave, you never did anything for kingdom purposes. And the reason you did not do those things is because you did not really know God. Here's the thing. If you really know God and you've really been born again by the Holy Spirit of God, look, you, you can't help but give. <laughs> you can't help but serve. You can't help but want to be a part of a church and help a community come to know Christ. You do those things because the Holy Spirit of God is in you. If he's not in you, you're not his. So why don't you do that? The decision you make on this earth to reject Christ or to accept Christ determines where you will spend your eternity. It's very, very clear in the word of God. Romans 10, 9 says this, Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Say it. Say, Christ, you're the boss. You call the shots. My life is not mine. My life is yours. If you do that, then the Bible says you'll be saved. You'll be saved. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. You will go to heaven when you die because you believe in Christ. You trusted in him. You didn't bring anything through the table. <clears throat> Only thing you brought was your sin. Here's my sin, oh God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And God says, I forgive you. Because of the blood of my son, he washes you clean. You're born again by the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. You say, can I do that right now? Yes, you can. Call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon his name. You can say something like this. Dear God, I call upon your name. I believe in my heart, Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess with my mouth, he is my king. Forgive me, O oh God, of all of my sins. I give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, I'm telling you something happened. The spirit of God came into you and we wanna know about it. Woo, we would love to hear about it. You can send us a message there in the description box. You can go to info at ghbc.org and that 
And only a few people will see that. It'll just come right to us. We will rejoice with you. Here's what you say. I gave my life to Christ. Or you may just be ecstatic and so excited, you're just gonna type it in all bold right there in the description box on YouTube or in Facebook. And we will just say, hallelujah, praise God. And we rejoice with you. We wanna help you grow. We wanna help you mature deep in your relationship with Christ. If you already know the Lord, hallelujah. Praise God, you know him. You're growing in him and you are working for him. And there's gonna be a great day when you appear before Christ and it's gonna be a hallelujah, well done, good and faithful servant. Praise the Lord. What an amazing passage of scripture. So delighted I get to preach it to you, for you. I'm gonna say a quick prayer for you and then our band's gonna come back up. We'll have another song of praise and worship. Father, thank you for our time together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Mm-mm, mm-mm, it's precious indeed. Lord, please take the message that was preached today. I pray for the Mark chapter four, the good soil, that the seed of the gospel would be firmly planted in the hearts of men and women who believe. And Lord, they would live such a life for you that it's obvious, it's so obvious. And their good works bear testimony of the genuineness of their salvation. For those that don't know you, God, today, oh God, today, I pray, would be the day of repentance, salvation, faith, and begin this walk with you all the way into eternity. That's my prayer. I believe it and I'm praying it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.